I claim on earth what's coming from heaven to be here any day. Oh, I can taste his promise. God is coming my Hello, way. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Growing in God's Word podcast with Dr. Jim and Joy McKinnis. Our purpose is to bring to you encouraging teachings that will help you grow in your understanding of the Word of God. Yes, it's Dr. Jim here today without Joy again. She's still packing in three short weeks. We will make our office and our home in Davao City, Philippines. So lots going on. And I wish she was here today to sing part of this song I'm going to talk to you about in a second. We're going to talk about Tell Jesus. You know, First Peter 5, 7 in the New Living Translation, Peter says, Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. You know, God cares about you. That's kind of like David's psalm. It's very similar. Psalms 55, verse 22. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Oh, I like that. But there was a song we used to sing many, many years ago. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. And I was reading about uh, how that was written. And it was a, a, a man, his name was Elisha Hoffman. And uh, at just shortly after the death of his young wife, he had a lot, he had tragedy come into his life. He became pastor in Pennsylvania, which he was there for, uh, as a pastor in, in uh, uh, the Presbyterian Church in Benton Harbor for 33 years. And he began writing hymns. That was his hobby, writing hymns. Actually, he wrote 2,000 of them. Can you believe that? And he used it for pastoral examples. And he wrote one day, he was calling on a destitute in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. And he met a woman whose depression just seemed unbearable. She opened her heart to him and poured out her pent-up sorrows, wringing her hands. She cried, what shall I do? What shall I do? Hoffman knew what she should do. For he had learned it himself, how God had comforted him early in his life. And he said to the woman, you cannot do better than to take all your sorrows to Jesus. You must tell Jesus. And she face lit up. She snapped. Yes, that's it. I must tell Jesus. Her words echoed in his ear. And he took out a pen and started writing as soon as he got home. And this is that famous hymn, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Well, Hoffman lived to be over 90, and I tell you, uh, he wrote many of the hymns we have, like What a Wonderful Savior, Down at the Cross, Are You Washed in the Blood, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, because he learned to cast his cares, his sorrow on Jesus. I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. Oh, I tell you, this is a cry, a cry in my heart. That's why I go back with Peter said, casting all our care upon him, because he cares for us. Have you ever felt alone? You ever felt pressed? Felt misunderstood? You don't know what to do? Overwhelmed? Uh, unfairly treated? Or just confused? Talk to Jesus. I remember my earlier years in Sweden, 
and I'd take my guitar and we started the first Jesus house, uh, some say in Europe, but I know for sure in Sweden. And, and I didn't know the Swedish language that well and, and things were hard. Uh, it was during the Vietnam War and being an American there for some people was not a, that nice. And so I take my guitar and go up into the gymnasium because we had taken an old school and turned it into a Jesus house. And I would sing an old spiritual and I felt it with all my heart. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child so far, so far from home. And I threw that song and by talk, and then talking to Jesus. I had to tell him what I was going through. And I want you to do that today because he helped me. He brought me out he, and he's been helping me all the time. But why can we tell Jesus? Why should we tell Jesus? Number one, we need to know that Jesus can help me. He's the one who can help you. You know, if my wife's a dentist, used to be a dentist many years ago. And if, so if, if I have a bad tooth, I don't go to a mechanic car mechanic and say, hey, can you fix this tooth? No, I go to a, a, someone like my wife. You know, uh, you don't call a child to help if you hear burglars downstairs. You call the police. If your car's stuck in the mud, you don't call someone with a bicycle. You call a tow truck. You need surgery. You don't call someone who has a degree in English language. No, we have help. We call our creator, the one who knows us before we were born, the one who calls you by name, who loves you, which brings us to the second point. We can call Jesus because not only can he help me, he wants to help us. Why does he want to help us? Because he loves us. I don't know why he loves someone like us, Especially me at times, I tell you, but he does. The Bible is full of verses that talk about God's love for you. Oh, some of my favorite come from Psalms 103. It says, God, uh, verse 8, abounding in God. God is abounding in love. 17 says, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. Verse 11, as high as the heavens above the earth, so great is his love. Oh, I tell you, for us, he loves us. These are written by King David. Now, King David he could be kind of a hard, uh, unloving guy, you could say at times, you know, things that he did in his life. And yet he, he cried unto God knowing that God loved him and he repented of his sin. I, I, Psalms 51, and he called unto God. And this is the wonderful truth that David found in his life, that even though we make mistakes, even though we miss the mark, he loves us. As Philip Yancey would said, there is nothing you can do to make God love you anymore. Really? And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. Fantastic. That means that God loves you so much now, he can't increase it because he has such super love for you. And also, nothing can make him love you less. Oh, you see, the picture in the Bible 
of why God loves us is what Jesus was trying to tell us. He says, there's a picture of the Father I want to tell you about. You see me, you've seen the Father. You see how I've loved people. You see how I've healed the sick. You, you see all these things, and I want to tell you, that's because you have a Father. It helps me to see that, to see the Father's love. Now, some of us, me included, have not had a Father's love like Jesus talked about. But Jesus painted the picture of a true father and the way his love is and the way it should be in this life, but no earthly father can even come close to comparing. I was reading about an earthly father, and it gives a parallel. I was reading this fantastic story that goes back to 1988 in the nation of Armenia. And two parent, proud parents, Samuel and Danielle, they sent their son to school, Armand, that day. And as they pat him, I said, on the back, say, have a good day. You can imagine what they said. Mama made lunch for you. All the things that go in. And the boy ran off to school. Hours later, a powerful earthquake rocked that area. In fact, actually, uh, the death toll would eventually be 50,000 people. Can you believe that? But they heard on the radio that there were thousands uh, almost immediately in that area. So they huddled around the radio to hear news, but in the midst of pandemonium, they, they could not get any specific um, information on the school because they were concerned with their son. So Samuel grabbed his coat, headed to the schoolyard, and when he reached the area, what he saw brought tears to his eyes. The school was just a massive pile of rubble. The other parents had already arrived and were standing around a huge pile of debris, crying. But Salma refused to give in to despair. He found the place where Armand's uh, classroom used to be and began pulling broken pieces of beam and rubble. He grabbed a rock and threw it aside, and another parent said, What are you doing? He said, Digging for my son. No, you're just going to make things worse. The building's unstable. And they tried to pull him away, but he wouldn't. He, he refused. He pushed them away. Finally, the, the firefighters came and said, what you doing? He said, I'm looking for my son. And Samuel looked at them and said, won't you help me? And the firefighter shook his head and left. Samuel kept digging all through the night into the next day. Samuel continued his backbreaking work. Other p- parents came and placed flowers and pictures of their children on the ruins. But not Samuel. He kept working. Finally, as his strength was almost exhausted, he picked up a beam and he pushed it and he heard a faint cry for help. Samuel listened and he heard a muffled voice saying, Papa! This gave Samuel strength and he kept digging. Finally, a few minutes later, he removed enough enough debris to see Armand crouched in a small crawl space with some other children. Come on out, son, he said with relief. No, Armin said, let the other kids come on first because I know you come for me. Can you believe that? Child after child emerged. Finally, little Armin appeared and Samuel took him in his arm. and said, Papa, I told the other kids not to worry because you told me that you'd always be there for me. Can you believe 14 children were saved that day because of a father's persistent love? 
we read these stories and we weep with with amazement at the love of the Father. That is nothing compared to the love your heavenly Father has for you. That is nothing compared to the infinite, infinitely greater degree that he threw his love upon us. We were buried in a mountain of sin and shame. We were buried in the rubble of this life and doomed to destruction. But God so loved the world, he gave his son to set us free. God did not give up. He says there's a way, and before the foundation of the world, he had planned that way. He sent Jesus not only to come and live among us and show the example what God is like, but to die that you and I might live. Jesus didn't give up. Oh, it was hard. He says, Father, if possible, take this cup from me, because he knew all that was going to happen. But not my will, but yours, he cried. Jesus did not give up. No matter the pain, no matter the rejection, he did it for you. So why do we pray? Cast our cares upon God, because we know our Heavenly Father loves us. He loves us, and because he loves us, he is so supremely interested in our prayers. I'm reminded of the words of Matthew, and Jesus in Matthew. In seventh chapter, he says, You parents, if your child asks you for a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, would you give him a snake? Of course not. So if your sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Notice the ask him. And God gives. Romans 8.32 What shall we say about such a wonderful thing as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all? All means you listening here today. Won't he also give us everything else? The third point, God hears our prayers. Yes, he hears when we pray. James 5, it says this, verse 16, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's the New Living Translation. The earnest prayer of the righteous person. I'm not righteous, Jim. I've made all these mistakes. No, but that's because we have the righteousness of Christ. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. From all those things. So the earnest prayer of a righteous, we're only righteous because of Jesus, a righteous person has great power and what? Produces wonderful results. Your prayer to God, according to the word of God, can produce wonderful results. Hallelujah. A couple small points I want to add more. I want to tell you, tell him. Tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. But after you tell him, listen as well. Imagine if you had a legal problem and you went to a lawyer and, and you went into the lawyer, he paid for his time and you sat down and you told him your problem and you told him all the things. And just when he's going to give you his counsel, you walk up and walk out. You get up and walk out. 
Some of us are like that with Jesus. We pour our hearts out, and when we're done, we just get up and walk out. After you speak with Jesus, after you pray, and sometimes God answers quickly, sometimes it takes longer time, no matter if it's a long time, over weeks, or if it's in a day, every time you pray, try to have time just to listen. How do I listen? First, we listen through his words. We have his words. It's the word of God, the Bible. When I pray, I also have time before I pray and after just to read a little, especially the Psalms if I'm going through a hard time. And then and then uh, I listen and often there's a verse there. All of a sudden just hits me, a verse that maybe I hadn't even been thinking about or had, don't remember underlining or anything before. It'll just speak like one right now. Uh, in Psalms, it says, uh, 27, I believe, verse 11, it says that God make my way smooth. That's been my prayer lately. God make my way smooth because in all this moving and things, it's been a lot of things going on. And that became life to me. Another, just be still, quiet, just think about God. Think about his word. You read it, but also think about it. And then another thing, listen that God might send others as you pray, maybe he'll send someone else. John one forty three talks about that. It says, The following day Jesus went to Galilee, and he found Philip, and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. So Philip found Jesus. Now we have a guy called Nathaniel. There's not that much written in the Bible about him. He was one of the twelve. But it says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael says, Can anything come out of Nazareth? Philip said, Come and see. His life was going to be changed, Nathanael, because someone came into his life that day. I don't know. Jesus says in the next verses after, he says, Nathanael, I saw you when you were sitting under the fig tree. Now, I don't know what he's doing under the fig tree. He seems that Jesus said he, he was an exceptional person. I, I bet you he was under that tree, re- praying and seeking God. God, what do you want for my life? That's the way I like to imagine it. We don't know, of course, but I like to imagine he's sitting under that tree. God, I know he got plans for my life. I, I don't know what to do. And here comes Philip, and he says, come with me. Come and see. And Nathaniel answered him, and said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Do you know that Nathaniel became the first one to recognize and to say that Jesus was the son of God, going to be the king of Israel? So you see, I really believe so God will just send sometimes people in our life. Maybe it's this broad podcast for you is an extra word. God speaking, just a word of encouragement you know, sometimes God will send people to help us. We need to be able to listen. Well, let's go back as we finish to that wonderful hymn. I want to read a couple words from it. I want it to sink into your heart today. I must tell Jesus is the chorus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. 
Yeah, he may send people, he may speak to us through the word, but it's only because of God's love that he motivates those things to happen and he speaks into our heart. It's Jesus alone. Let me read more. I must tell Jesus all of my trouble. He is a kind, compassionate friend. I want you to know today he is a friend that will never desert you. Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, he all my cares and sorrows will share. And the last verse, oh, how the world to evil allures me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus he will enable over the world the victory to win. Even if it's not problems and things you're going through, but you're being drawn into the world, talk to Jesus about it. One last verse as we close today, my friends. Psalms 50 verse 15 in the Passion Translation says, Honor me by trusting in me in your day of trouble. Imagine that, honor. God wants us to honor him by trusting in him in our day of trouble. Cry aloud to me, and I will be there to rescue you. My friends, that's exactly what God wants to do. He wants to come. He wants to rescue you. He wants to set you free, and we just want to thank him for that. Okay, my friends. Well, anyway, that's an, I have to close for today. And I want to say, talk to Jesus. Tell Jesus. The Bible says, uh, actually, one place it says, come with words. Come and talk to him. This is Pastor Jim McGinnis. God bless you. For more information, you can look us up at our website at www.growingingodsword.com or you can also check us out on Facebook by just writing growingingodsword.com. Father, come and fill me up. Let your spirit come. Rain down in my life. Flood me with your love. I claim on earth what's coming from heaven to be here any day. Oh, I can taste his promise. God is coming my way.